0: Our new, scripture, new Testament scripture is from the Gospel of Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in glory, he and all, and all of the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? When was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king answered them, will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When kings speak, people listen. Uh, Israel wanted a king from the very beginning. They, this little fledgling nation looked at those real nations around them, and they all had kings. And so you can just hear the conversation with Yahweh, God, we really need a king. Everybody's doing it. And God would say, Now, if everyone told you to jump off of a bridge, would you do it? But God succumbed, and they got a king. It wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Because, you see, power corrupts or something like that. In, in the Bible, in the book of Kings and Chronicles, and also Samuel, we hear all about the good kings and the bad kings. The good kings did what was righteous in the sight of the Lord, and the bad kings did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And if you count them up, I think the ratio is about one good to eight bad. Now, we romanticize the monarchy... You don't have to be walking down the main street at Disney World to see a princess. In fact, we had a princess in our midst just moments ago, complete with crown and scepter. And and they have their trail of servants following them. And, you know, it's probably not one in here that could not identify with Simba, the little lion in The Lion King, Disney's story, The Lion King. And Simba just sings at the top of his little lungs, I just can't wait to be king. I'm going to be the main event, and and I'm going to be the best king anywhere. I've been brushing up on looking down and working on my roar. You know, you you can't tell a king anything. When kings speak, though, People listen. Uh, The the problem with kingship is that there's this power differential. And um, sometimes it can make monsters. Um, Whether the dominion is a whole nation or just a family, it's that kings kind of create this hierarchy. And they elevate themselves and push others down. It's it's like they bubble up to the top of the food chain sometimes using brute force to get there and stay there. One of the bad queens in the book of Kings was uh, Athaliah who murdered all of her sons so she would be the queen. Yeah, she was a bad one. So kings just speak a word and and whole peoples can become suddenly the untouchables. They can, they can withhold resources from them and, and keep them from participating in the economy. And the and worst, of course, is when they speak the word and peoples are massacred. I mean, people, people listen when kings speak. God is not about the hierarchy of kingship. We hear in the book of Ezekiel where the setting is that Israel had been oppressed by a um, king of Babylon who was just, just horrible, just horrible in his tactics. And he had conquered Israel and exiled them But God is talking to the people of Israel. And he has found there a hierarchy. Now, it's not a big hierarchy like a kingship. This is just a little bitty hierarchy. It's like a shepherd talking to the sheep. And even within the sheep, there's some kind of power differential going on. And God has seen it. And he's about to clean it up. He says ah you shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves should not shepherds feed the sheep you eat the fat you clothe yourselves with wool you slaughter the fatlings but you do not feed the sheep you have not strengthened the weak you have not healed the sick you have not bound up the injured sounds like something we read in the New Testament doesn't it you've not brought back the strayed you've not sought the lost but with force and harshness you've ruled them God is not about a hierarchy of power pushing others down and then in verse 15 I myself will be the the shepherd of my sheep and I'll make them lie down says the Lord God I'll seek the lost and I'll bring back the injured and the strayed I'll bind up the injured I'll strengthen the weak But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I'll feed them with justice. Israel wanted a king, but they wanted a king that was going to defeat the nations around them. So they could just kick back and, and, you know, maybe eat like kings. But God was not about that. It was not about a warring king or about a king that was going to create this power structure, pushing some down to rise up. God, the God of Ezekiel, is a shepherd king. Our king is the good shepherd. Now, I just have to say, y'all, you've got to pay attention to how weird that is. Kings and shepherds don't mix. When it says that he's a, a shepherd, do you realize? I mean, those of us who went to Israel, we met some Bedouin shepherds, and they're dressed in rags, they're gypsies, and they smell like sheep. That's who God is about. Jesus is the good shepherd. Wow. Wow. We don't want to romanticize the monarchy. We don't want to romanticize what being a shepherd is because we miss it. We miss the whole picture. When kings speak people listen and when the good shepherd speaks his sheep know his voice and they follow. God is not about the one who's the most powerful. He's about the one who takes care of the others, who is the one who is the least, who is the common, who is like us. When this king speaks, there's an edict that does not create a hierarchy. Instead, it flattens hierarchies. The king's edict Flattens the power differential and spreads the power among all. The edict of the king love. Love that will protect the sheep from the wolves. Love that seeks the lost and binds up the wounded. Love that will lay down its life for the sheep. Now yet, yet we don't want to romanticize this edict of love like that shiny crown or like those green pastures in the still waters were romanticizing the monarch and the shepherd. We don't want to romanticize this edict of love if you notice these two passages don't let us do that. They're about something beyond just love. They, We can skip it. We can skip that painful part, that uncomfortable part, that, that part that really is not popular now. But if we do, we're not being true to the text. And I like to say that if Jesus says something, then we better pay attention. So here we go. In both of these scriptures, that Shepherd, king, who is God, Jesus, judges. Yes, the J word. In both of the scriptures, in the New Testament, the king is sitting on a throne and and putting on the right hand the sheep and the left hand the goats. And which one are the sheep? The ones who are about what the king is about. The ones who fed the king, fattened him up? No. The ones who took care of the king, were they his servants? No. The ones who visited the king when he was in prison? No, it was, it was the, the ones, when did we do that? We did it to the least of these. It was, it was for my people that you did this. That's when you did it to me. He put the sheep on the one hand and the goats on the other. He's not about this food chain where where the big ones eat the little ones. He's not about the least, pushing down the least to where they're untouchable. In the Old Testament, the judging was between sheep. I hope you got that. That needs to catch our attention because you know what that means? That means that it is within Israel. If you translate, it's within the church. Within God's people. I'm judging between sheep and sheep because some sheep are pushing others down, he's saying. Across all my people, some sheep are being fattened off of the weak ones. And I am not about that. I'm not even about a hierarchy that's this big. I'm about each one, about love. And I'll feed the fat ones with justice. I wonder if that's the food that they need to eat. And so who does the king condemn in this judging? Anyone that the good shepherd sees that has, has made themselves above the rest and pushed others down. Anyone who's not about love, y'all. It's like love is a two-sided coin. One side is love and the other side is justice. It all goes together. Taking care of one another and spreading out that power is what the king is about. Our shepherd king, Christ, speaks an edict of love. He never pushes down others. And he never stands for when others are pushed down. Let his sheep hear his voice. Well, last week, Andy talked about being Christian in a secular crisis. I hope that if you haven't heard that, you'll go online and listen to that sermon. It was really quite powerful. And I'm going to take that just a step further because the deal is that we, the church, are Christ to the world. And you see what that means, don't you? That... That that shepherd king that we saw in the Gospel of Matthew, the one on the throne, the shepherd king that we saw in the word that Ezekiel gave to the people, the one that was deeply caring about the very least of these, the one who is living out love and justice, that's us. We are Christ to the world, that's the church the ones living the edict of love. We not only live it, but we have to speak out when others are pushed down. That's scary. That's vulnerable. I'm reminded of, of people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who in in the times that Nazi Germany was coming into place, said, wait just a minute, this is not what God was about. The way that you're using the church is not what God's about. And he said it very articulately and clearly. I'm reminded of Martin Luther King, who spoke powerful words from a position of powerlessness. They were powerful because they were the edict of love. And there was justice involved. I hope that we look for those who are speaking, who can teach us how to speak the edict of love in today's world. I've found a pastor that, now I listen to Andy, but this is another one. <laughs> that... Um, now, I don't agree with everything that this guy says. It's John Pavlovitz. I don't agree with everything he says or, or necessarily the way he says it, but I'll tell you, his theology is right on. And he's not going to just skip over the hard parts. This is just a little excerpt. From, here he's talking about how, um, you know, America's going downhill Um, And he speaks to that. He says, I don't believe we're all slowly sliding off into the abyss, despite what some religious people say. I'm out here every day, and I see heroic, compassionate, reckless acts of beauty all the time. I see and speak to lots of inherently good people doing their best, slipping and then getting back up again. We're all flying and failing simultaneously, gaining and losing ground and doing it again and again. I reject the myth of our downward spiral because I know how hard I and so many others are working to get this life right and to love well. There have always been people who do horrible, despicable things. There still are. There have always been people who live with unthinkable kindness. This is still true. And almost always, they're the very same people, he says. Don't know about that. Sometimes. American Christians need to stop pretending that the good old days were so darn wonderful and that everything's gone to hell now. That sunny-in-the-rear-view narrative simply doesn't stand up to scrutiny, to history, or to reality, and it cheapens how far we've actually come together. It also discounts what God is doing in this place and this time that is so very worthy of celebrating. These aren't perfect days, but they're good days. America is not yet the thing it could be, but that's always been true. Yes, the world has its darkness, but light is still our default setting. Friend, there will always be reason for despair and reason for hope lean hard into the hope and you'll discover that there's more there than you realized. You may find that love is trending there. Christ speaks his edict, love. And his sheep hear his voice and follow. And they speak the edict as well. Amen.